the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Yes, even you who hate my guts. I do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, either by choice, choice or you, you haven't yet tuned out or exited the episode by now. Donka. We rely on the kindness of others to keep us on the air, okay? You know, and if only friends and family listen to this show, well, it would not be an optimal situation in so many ways. In my mind, while, while doing the show, I make an effort to envision millions of people and even some animals listening too. It, it helps me keep focus and not just, you know, go through the motions like I do in most other areas of my life. Okay, with that said, why don't I now introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy? How about giving us a, a top-shelf chuckle right now? Oh, right now? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe that wasn't top-shelf, as I really did not warm up properly before, but I'm okay with it. It was adequate, Aunt Dorothy, okay? No worries. Um, and now I'm required to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead and just, just mumble some, do whatever, you know, just whatever you need. Just no need to really enunciate clearly. This is just not necessary. Let's be real. Uh, why, why would I mumble? Uh, you well, know, I, it's you just know, quicker. It's quicker. You know I pride myself on clear enunciation. It has been the backbone of my broadcasting career to this point. Well, I, I would I, question whether being a temporary uh, co-host would constitute a broadcasting career. Uh, uh, in your case, uh, I would, you know, maybe term it more as a hobby. <laughs> okay. it's Well, it's temporary permanent co-host, and my career in broadcasting has only just begun with my current position. My dreams of having my own show and becoming a major okay. star in radio yeah. will someday come true, and you, Spud Goodman, will be forced to admit you were wrong on this. I don't think so. I will take my chances and, and don't expect I will have to, like, apologize anytime soon. Yeah, so are you done now? Because I have to move on here. Yeah, well, I, I was not able to say hello to our listeners and express how excited I am about this yeah. episode, okay. though I have not been briefed on what we have coming up, as you continue to prevent me from seeing a show schedule. I am confident it will be a real crowd pleaser. Uh, so let's please the crowd and move on here. So uh, now I I will introduce our show's intern, Chance. You know, I'll, I'll read the copy I was given. Um, say hello to our show's most popular person. He is wise beyond his years and possesses wit, uh, humor, and intellectual depth that the show desperately needs. He is a star in the making. 
Here is uh, Chance, Chance the intern. There, well, you're on. You didn't read the full thing. It also said how handsome I was. You know, looks are important in this era of social media. It's no accident the station ever uses your face on the Facebook page or in press releases. You do have a face for radio, but I've seen the results from that listener survey that confirmed I am the most popular person yeah. on this show. It also said your face made them uncomfortable. No, it didn't. Well, basically, your face that. is not user-friendly for the station. Why do you think they're promoting me so much these days? The numbers in that survey tell the story. Maybe you could explore cosmetic surgery or something. It's just a suggestion. No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. No, I don't think so. At my age, I'm good as is. You know, It's time to bring up the topic I wanted to discuss, okay? Jeez, finally get to it. And I think everyone will connect oh, Spud, with this I, one. Actually, I would like to suggest a topic, and it's something that has upset me recently. It really caused me to question my co-workers' values and, yes, morality, I, I might say. Dabbling in satanic activity is just wrong. What? And I would like to confront this on the air so it can be dealt with. Why so serious? Are you saying again that just because I'm a Democrat, I'm a devil-worshipping baby eater? Uh, How many times do I have to tell you? I'm a vegetarian, okay? Almost a full-blown vegan. But, but, I, but I was told for some reason you, you can't be one until I stop eating Velveeta. You know, I, I know real cheese is not allowed, but I still think that sort of cheese Velveeta should not qualify as the real thing. I'd, you know, I wish there was some place to file an appeal or protest. Uh, no, no, I'm not referring to you, but I will always consider you Satan's best friend as long as you're a member of that Democrat party. What are you people? On dope? Uh, Democratic party? No, Democrat Party. Whatever. And uh, now I'm preparing to confront my fellow co-workers. I'm referring to you, Mrs. Jarvitz, and you, Chance. Really? I, yeah, I overheard your conversation on Monday about that Astra flying thing that you two are dabbling in. It was really disturbing to hear about this uh, devious behavior. Well, what are you talking about, Gerald? Yeah. Do you mean astral projection? And, by the way, that was a private conversation with Chance. It's none of your business. Gerald, do you listen in on everyone's conversations? Can I ask just uh. what this astral projection actually is? Because I, I always thought it was astral travel anyway. You, well, I, Somebody explain. I don't get it. Okay. All I know is it requires direct conversation with Satan. And for sure, it's not something God wants us all to do. Hi-dally-ho, neighborinos! Oh, if you must know, astral projection, or travel, is a long-known aspect of our existence, Gerald. I was instructed on this many years ago when I was in college. A professor had me um, gave me a few books and answered the questions that I had about those later. I learned since the dawn of man— we have all been capable of out-of-body experiences, and this has been a part of life for those who choose to try it yeah. forever. I have, off and on, for years. Basically, consciousness can function separately from the physical body and travel throughout the astral plane. And I've been asking Dorothy if I could travel with her sometime. It 
it's no big deal and has nothing to do with the devil or anything. Yes! And Dorothy, how come you never told me before you travel astrally or whatever? I mean, this is pretty cool. Can you teach me how to do this? I asked her first, Spud. After I take my first trip, then it's your turn, okay? Uh, fine then, whatever. Uh, and Dorothy, can, can I ask where you have traveled over the years, though? I mean, you've never shared this. A any place interesting? Well, many interesting places. Too many to go through. Uh, this might be best discussed off the air, Spud. Heck no. This, this topic is way better than what I was going to go with. Uh, hold that thought, okay, as I, I'm now supposed to play some music. Uh, here's a song by the Northwest band Zebra Hunt. Uh, this is a cut off their 2019 release, Trade Desire, titled Second One to Know. This is a Spud Goodman Show. Spud, your first guest, Wendell Pierce, is ready to go. Now, am I familiar with Wendell? Since you've probably never even heard of one of the shows he was on, which is clearly one of the best all-time 
shows ever, ever done in America. The Wire on HBO years ago, and, and it's still available on demand. And a ton of other great shows and movies he's done, so the answer's probably not. Wendell is the real deal. He's amazing in anything he does. I really enjoyed him on the Jack Ryan Prime series. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll check out that Wired show the next time HBO does another free trial. I got to tell you, though, most of the stuff on that channel is very racy with a lot of bad language. Um, um, you suck! On second thought, maybe you should, you know, pass on the wire. Just just stick with the Hallmark channel. Just put Wendell through, please. You know, we do watch other channels besides Hallmark. Uh, you know, we're regular viewers of the Lifetime channel, too, though well, their movies can get a bit body also. But anyway, here's Wendell. <laughs> Welcome to the show, a very talented actor, Mr. Wendell Pierce. We really appreciate you coming on our show. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you have a new movie out available on Bounce titled Don't Hang Up that you star in along with Lauren Hawley. Give us the basics of the film, if you would. Well, Don't Hang Up is an action thriller. Uh, it's based on actual events, real-life events uh, that have happened. It's about a man who gets a call that his daughter has been kidnapped and held hostage. Oh. And that uh, the people that are holding her are telling him to do a, a particular uh, order of things to get her back. And the one most deceptively single difficult rule is don't ever hang up this telephone oh. or you never see her again. And so these kidnappers uh, are forcing him to go through this complete series of uh, tasks and uh, or extorting him, and he has to do everything possible to try to get his daughter back. And it's based on actual events. Uh, things like this actually happen. Oh, wow. All right. Well, um, let's let's take a look back, if we could, for just a sec. Uh, Wendell, you've been in, in some of my favorite TV series over the years. You know, though, though it was well into your career, let's start with The Wire, the HBO series, which is still must-see TV on demand at HBO. You, you played Detective William Bunk Borland in the David Simon uh, Ed Burns production. There will never, ever be a more insightful portrayal of, of, you know, the failing institutions in our large cities. It debuted in 2002, so here's what I want to ask you. How satisfying, how satisfying is it for you to, to hear from people who are still discovering that show? Yeah, it's um, it's you know it's uh, it, it's very satisfying. It's one of the things that uh, you know any artist uh, wants in their career to have an impact uh, and have an audience for their work. Um, that seems to be a cult following that grows every year. I yes, see someone almost every month that is watching it for the first time. People are sharing it with uh, their kids who are now grown up, and uh, you know it's uh, been two decades now, and to know that. Um, the work has become almost classic, you know, in the true sense that over a course of time and no matter how disparate and different the people are, uh, uh, it still has an impact. So The Wire um, is a, a real, a real, um, you know, landmark in my career. I'm very proud of the work, too. All right. Well, another HBO series you co-starred in that was incredible was Treme, also a, a David Simon-led show and still available on demand. Man, you know, it made you feel you're actually in your hometown, New Orleans, while watching it. Well, it was, Treme was more than just a television show for me. Um, 
me more than just the uh, entertainment job. It became a landmark moment in my life, a real earmark of um, where I was in my life. It was after uh, Katrina, which was um, a devastating event for anybody who lived in New Orleans or from New Orleans, even if you didn't live there. Um, we were always marked time before Katrina and after Katrina. Mm -hmm. And then also, it was the last years I got to spend with my mother. Um, oh. And, uh, you know, she died last uh, year of, uh, of production there. And I was able to be home and be with her. And uh, I, I will always cherish that. And if The Wire was this real novel, visual novel, for me it was like a visual poem. Right, it, it, I, it was unique in that way that it was poetry, uh, uh, filmed poetry, and really cin cinema verite, really capturing people's lives as if you're pulling back the curtain and watching it. So I really appreciated that. So um, yeah, Trume is one of those special projects in my career. Yeah, you know, after watching watching it, I, I thought about moving there, but I didn't know if Gumbo would agree with my irritable bowel syndrome. But um, what an what an amazing city! Damn. Actually, you know, I met some people that did move to New Orleans after seeing Jermaine. Uh, yeah. There was one guy who came up to me at a restaurant. He said he was on the Appalachian Trail, and he got off after months on the trail, and the first show that he saw was Jermaine, and. Uh, let me go and visit New Orleans. And he said, I I've decided to stay and I'm not leaving because of the show and because of you. He told me that. I was like, well, now that's something people like to hear, you know, that your work has that sort of impact. All right. Well, let's, let's touch on your musical career, if we could. In 2016, you performed on the song Make America Great Again. Now, I know you're not a mega guy for sure. So so give me the backstory on how you, you got involved with this project. I listened to it. It's a really cool tune. Yeah, it was a project by Delphio Marcellus, the famous Marcellus family, a great New Orleans mm -hmm. musical family. And it was his take on the political issues at the time and actually kind of pointing out um, kind of like this political and, uh, uh, and, and the journey that we've been on as a country and how um, there's this continuum of always people trying to expressing one set of beliefs of what we believe in liberty and freedom mm -hmm. and uh, equality uh, and at the same time uh, their actions are saying something different and he was kind of pointing it out in all the different stages and ages of America and, uh, and how America has always had that duality of we have to be ever vigilant to make sure that we actually live up to the values that we proclaim. Uh, and so that's what the song is about, and this, this wonderful uh, monologue and oratory uh, of history put in, um, uh, in, in a way that is unique, that is uh, tongue-in-cheek, that is very powerful and forthright and touching at the same time as being humorous, uh, uh, witty, and insightful. Uh, I was very proud of that. And that kind of started a chain of events. I started to work with a whole bunch of uh, jazz musicians. I actually did one when I was 18 with Bramford Marsalis, his brother. And then Stanton Moore, uh, we did a tribute album to Toussaint, uh, Alan Toussaint. Right. And then just recently I did one with Wentham Marsalis. Oh. Uh, 
Very cool. They have a funky low down. So I have a couple of uh, uh, albums out there. So um, I always try to keep an eclectic career, you know, theater. Yeah, you're films, a theater guy. And, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would t- I'd love to touch on the theater thing, but I know we don't have much time, so... those words make america great again if there's a song with that title well i i sure hope that the greatest president ever has gotten royalties on that uh wendell j- just a sec donald trump does not own make america great again uh, that line has been used by many people over the years and does donald trump own your fire too gerald then a lot of bosses around the world owe him billions. He may, I guess maybe he sells a lot of hats and t-shirts with that line, but he sure doesn't own it. Well, our former and future commander-in-chief made those words really popular, so I would disagree with you both. I think Donald Trump also should own Bigly, fake news, and for sure, I'm a stable genius. Well... I hope he spends a few million that he, that he doesn't have on copyright attorneys fighting that one. Yeah, but, but on second thought, he might as well because he never would be paying them anyway. Let me just get back to Wendell. Okay, okay, I have returned. All right, well, and like I said, I know you got to go, so let me say again that your new movie, Don't Hang Up, is now airing on Bounce, and people need to go find it. Thanks a whole lot for spending some time with us. Thank you, Spud. I appreciate it. Mr. Wendell Pierce. Now you've got to admit, eight score and seven years ago, the Confederates had a strong business model. Guaranteed riches from an ill-got industry mostly realized on the backs of African immigrants, the enslavement of whom has been designated, regulated, and propagated as a natural birthright. Lo, thus arose our great nation's preeminent dilemma, firmly lodged in that most peculiar of institutions. What to do? What to do? Make America great again. Make America great again. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So I would like to have some closure on what we were discussing previously on the show, uh, Mrs. Jarvis. You have to promise me. You won't attempt communication with Satan in doing your astral traveling. You know, both you and Chance would be at risk. I, I mean, what if you were unable to return from your uh, trip? We would have a serious staff shortage here on the show, should anything, God forbid, go wrong. You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb Don't try and block me from taking my first trip with Dorothy. I've been really looking forward to this. There are so many places around the world I want to go and can't really afford to make it happen right now. You know, being a community college student and not yet being married, when I am, I'm sure then that financial limitations will no longer be an issue. Oh, I know your dream is to travel the world, sweetie. And someday soon, we'll do this together. I just don't feel comfortable at this time teaching it to you. It cannot be used without a great deal of study and practice. But I'd really love to visit, say, Disneyland in Paris. 
besides the food, I bet there are a lot of different things than they have at Disney World in this country. Oh. Which I would also like to visit again very soon, but we can take an airplane to Orlando sometime. Yeah. <clears throat> and Dorothy, if you can teach me the skills to travel astrally or, or whatever, um, that would get me to places without having to deal with all the hassles at the airport. <laughs> I mean, because that's what stopped me from really traveling. I, I hate that, the stuff you got to go through. I'm begging you. Just come on, teach me. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Free travel around the globe sounds exciting, right? Yeah, yeah. without the yeah. hassles of an airport. Yeah, Absolutely. okay, like how about this too, Spud? What about an open marriage where you sleep around with no consequences from God? Or or how about this? You go to the casino and bet everything you have on red or black in roulette and win millions. Or, uh, or huh. you dabble in drugs like marijuana and never get arrested. Understand this. You will have to pay the piper to experience this. That is the deal with the devil himself. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. I don't know anything about the devil or what he even has to do with wanting to travel astrally with Dorothy. That is between her and I, so don't judge us, Gerald. I'm sure you participate in intimate activities too with your wife, but I choose not to get involved with that. You'll never hear me say you can't do this or that because it's none of my business what you do behind closed doors. There are all kinds of perversions. Yeah, well, actually, my wife and I had to take the door to our bedroom off uh, shortly after our youngest son, Dwight, was born. Uh, he kept crawling out of his crib and would pound on our door, which then was always shut. Uh, he would keep us up all night just pounding on that door and after a while we just decided going doorless was the easier answer and uh, since he's about to start middle school I, I guess we really should give some thought to putting the door back on uh, you know for for privacy's sake dude you, you could have just like used plastic cuffs or some kind of restraining device to keep him in his crib way back huh dorothy I know that since everyone is involved in our discussion about traveling astrally, you'll probably never teach me how to do this. Oh, but... oh, babe, if this is really what you want to do, then you know I will teach you, as your happiness is very important to me. But can we discuss it further when we're alone? Uh, and what about my happiness, Aunt Dorothy? I, I am family, you know. I, I'm sure you not, do not enjoy seeing me sad like this, do you? Oh, Spud, dear. You have a degree of empathy. Yeah, yeah, but you know I've known you all your life, right? Yeah. All you have ever done is make it clear to everyone around you that you are always unhappy or sad about something. But there are a lot of cloudy months here in the Seattle area. You know that seasonal affective disorder deal is a real problem for me. You know, and being able to take a quick astral excursion to say Cancun or, or Cabo uh, would be a real, you know, I'd just be a fantastic pick-me-up, so to speak. Yes! If I try to instruct you, Spud, then everyone on this show will be asking me to teach them, too. I mean, like Trevor, our engineer, or Dave, our audio director... And I know they can hear me now, so I will just say this. I refuse to teach anyone besides Chance because I would need to be there to assist for the first couple of times, and that's not going to work for me. I have a busy private life now that I'm about to get married. I'm sorry, everyone. 
basically what Dorothy is saying is, back off on this. Maybe someday I might consider passing on this knowledge to you guys here on the show, but that would be many years down the road. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Uh, I, I just don't understand how any of you could make a pact with the devil just so you could get a free trip to someplace warm. It's very hedonistic. Hey, if it's hedonistic to want a few days of no rain and a little sun on the face, then I plead guilty, okay? I, I gotta play some more music right now, okay? Here is a Seattle artist. Um, it's, her name is Lisa Prank, and this is a song off her 2019 release, Perfect Love Song, and it's titled Need Too Much. Hit it. Don't know what I need, but I need too much. Excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. Thank you, everybody. We're the Black Chevys, and we're on the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram, and you can hear our music on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you all, and good night. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Spud, your next guest, Jen Lyon, is holding for you. I heard from Dave, our audio director, before the show that Jen was on the Claws show, right? Yep. Uh, she, she just finished up the show's run on TNT. Uh, Claws was, was really popular. I, I don't get why it's not coming back. Well, I first saw Jen on Justified. You know that show on FX a few yep, years ago? Yep. I, she's a good actress. I was surprised to learn also that she got her start in a comedy troupe, as, as I've only seen her in dramas, you know. Uh, just put her, put her through. I have some stuff I want to ask her. 
Yeah, very well. You, you know, with her comedy experience, if you get a chance to ask her if she has any suggestions for an up-and-coming stand-up comedian. Um, I think it'd be actually... And who would that be? Uh, doing open mic comedy nights does not make you an up-and-coming comedian, uh, especially with your lame knock-knock jokes. Just, just put her through. Yeah. Well, okay, but you know, my knock-knock jokes are top-notch, very witty and multi-layered. Here's Jen. Say hello to actress Jen Lyon. Thanks a bunch for coming on our show. Oh, thank you for having me, Spud. Can I call you Spud? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's my name. So you just completed the fourth and final season of Claws on TNT. The the, the show can still be found on demand and will live on for years in syndication. Are are you sad or were you ready to move on? Oh, I was bereft. I mean, I loved everybody so much, the cast and the crew. I could have done it for 10 years, definitely. Okay, all right, super. Yeah, um, well... Like I said, it's going to live on forever because people can 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 watch it whenever they want now. Just go to TNT and on demand. Um, I, I was interested and Hulu if you got oh, Hulu. Oh, that's right, Hulu. That's that's correct. All right. Well, I was interested in in learning your roots in the entertainment biz. It began and and I guess remains in sketch comedy. Um, are, are you're still active with the comedy group that you formed? Correct. Yeah, uh, we formed it with a couple of other kids, five other people. Um, we don't really do it much anymore now because you know we all have to like have real jobs and make money but we definitely started it when we were like you know you could like borrow film equipment and stay up all night and just be scrappy little ragtag wackies in brooklyn you know on the in the early stages of youtube it was so fun and if we're ever in the same place now we'll definitely make something but we're kind of all spread out did did you ever collaborate with any other? There were so many comedy groups, or UCB, a bunch of others in that era. Oh yeah, we um, collaborated with Good Neighbor, which is like Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett and those guys, and they're now on SNL. Um, we collaborated with Lou in London, which was Marcy Hume, and she was like a really fantastic American comedian in um, London. Uh, we collaborated with we did a thing called Genius Camp, where we had all these great sketch people up to New York. Of course, had businessmen. I mean, just like all these dope huh. kids, and we all just did stuff together. Oh, very cool. All right. Well, let's let's uh, take a look back. Step into the Wayback Machine, so to speak. Uh, growing up uh, uh, as a youngster, your father was a pastor in the state of North Carolina. Well, was it difficult being the pastor's daughter, or was it no big deal as people didn't expect you to be a saint? They, You know, you didn't have to deal with that. I mean, I wish the latter was true. It's like... Um, kind of grow up in a little fishbowl, right? Like, yeah. your dad's the preacher, and he's upholding a religion, and you're expected to sort of fall in line and not shame the family. I mean, I'm lucky that my parents have been supportive of this career, but I think my dad wishes I was more fully closed all the time on TV, and I would play, like, maybe a buttoned-up lawyer. Yeah, well, um, he's got to be proud of your work, though, I would assume. I think so. I think so. I mean, if you think about it, being a preacher is its own... He gives his own show every week. Yeah. Not that he's pretending, but he's up in front of a crowd and basically doing a, a giant monologue every week and uh, and helping people. Like his, He really leads a life of service, and so does my mom. She's a nurse, and um, it really inspired me to, to do the same. All right. Okay, super. Well, let's look a, a, a bit 
at some of your work. One of the series that you have, you know, appeared on uh, was Justified. I was a fan for sure. Yeah. It should have got even Justified. yeah, it should have got even more respect come award time as it was so well written and the actors were great. Uh, share a little bit about that experience. It was so fantastic. Um, it was really my first recurring role on television, and I had no idea what I was doing because I came from the stage. And so, um, and I just, they would say stuff like, and so you're going to feel camera A come around and turn by the time camera B happens, and blah, 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 blah. And I was trying to do all this business behind the bar, and I was so scared. And Timothy Oliphant was such a gem and a mensch, and just was with me and they were like rewriting on the fly and I just was really going by the seat of my pants and trying to appear less sweaty than I actually was. Yeah, I mean, where, where was that? Where did they shoot that show at again? Was it Georgia or where was it? Santa Clarita Studios oh. in California. Uh, faked me out. All right. <laughs> okay. Total fake out, dude. You thought you were in East Kentucky. I, I had that vibe for sure. All right. Well, um, let's look at uh, 2018. You appeared in the film Blaze. Uh, we had Ben Dickey and Ethan Hawke on the show, so I did check it out. Uh, I was stunned how I good it was. I was stunned how good that movie was. Uh, I just couldn't figure out why it wasn't a massive hit uh i know i mean i wonder like was it too rambly for the general public do they need explosions what happened i don't know uh spud yeah well uh, sorry to interrupt here but what was the name of that movie you just mentioned i've never heard of it but if it's as good as you say maybe i could rent it at redbox for uh you know the next holcomb family movie night just a moment jen i'll be right back it's called Blaze. D- don't you remember when we had Blaze. Ethan Hawke and Ben Dickey from the movie on the show? It wasn't uh, that long ago. Maybe maybe you should be upping your dose of Prevagen to help with the memory thing. Yeah, well, my memory is fine. My mother takes Prevagen. I don't think it's helping much with her dementia, though. I- I'll write the name of the movie down here on this uh, candy wrapper I have here. Hang on. Okay, and it, it's, it's like, it sounds... B L A Z E? Oh, yes. Uh, and I love that movie too. The music Blaze. was amazing, and the cast was fantastic too. Yeah, and dude, the next time you, you want a movie recommendation for one of your family nights, you know, just ask me off the air. Oh. Alrighty, I have returned. Let me ask you this. Um, well, I was just curious on the set was was music a big part of like when the cameras weren't rolling where was there much jamming going on people just improvising playing stuff sure dude like Ethan Hawke loves to jam so does Charlie Sexton so does Ben and um, I got to do a, a Broadway show with Ethan Hawke many years ago and so he called me up and they were doing Blaze and he was like I have a role for you do you want to do it and I was like what, what plane do I get on are you kidding me and so I just really, and Josh Hamilton was also in the Broadway play. We did a trilogy, so we were together for like a year and a half. And I really love those dudes. And music is such a part of everything they do. And I think Ben Dickey is a phenomenon. For first movie, right? It was his first movie. First movie. Can you believe? Uh, I couldn't. And like so many important concepts. Concepts. Uh, concepts. Sorry. I've just really been thinking about corn. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Concept. 
He he was just he yeah. I that's why I was amazed that that it just got overlooked by in the at award time. But anyway, all right. Um, well, let, let me end this thing with uh, with this question. It's kind of my stock uh, talk show host question. Uh, Jen Lyon, what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz? Whoa, my most memorable moment? Yes. Probably when I figured out that craft services was free oh, on set. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I can just have this food? The best part of show business, let's be honest. I mean, come on. Can you believe how much food you get? No, I mean, uh, yeah, I, like at Junkets and stuff, they offer it to like people that, uh, you know, they ask the questions and stuff. And I could like live oh, there. I, yeah. I could like move in and just eat there 24-7. But yeah, all right. Thank you it's for saying cool. that. It's so good. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, all right. Okay, well, I know uh, you got to scoot. So let me just say, we really appreciate you coming on our show. Oh, gosh, thank you for having me. All right, there you have it, Ms. Jen Lyon. This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Kelly O'Coin, is waiting to speak with you. Yeah, is Kelly a pro athlete or a rock star? No, he's an actor. He's on a really good series on Showtime right now, Billions. He plays Dollar Bill, a, a hedge fun dude on the show. He, he does a morally conflicted guy really well. Billions? Like like billions of dollars? Yes, Gerald. I believe right now in America there are over 724 billionaires. Jeez, that's a lot of Mr. Burns. Excellent. Are you going to ask Kelly how to become a billionaire? You know, maybe he learned some inside secrets playing his character on the show. I would like to be a billionaire someday. I can handle things. I'm smart. Uh, no can do. He he wants to talk about a new Hulu series that he's on. Just put him through. Yeah. Okay, here he is. Say hello to actor Kelly Acoin. Uh Thanks for calling into the show, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you, you have a new series on Hulu titled The Girl from Plainville. Uh, give our listeners the basics, if you would. So if you go back to 2014, you may remember the case. Um, uh, Michelle Cotter was convicted of involuntary manslaughter. She had had a, she had a, a, a relationship with a young man. Uh, both of them were teenagers. Um, and he had been talking about suicide. And she encouraged him to go through with his plans. Um, and like a lot of people, I saw, I, I was aware of the case only through headlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't do any, didn't do any deep dives. And I made some snap judgments about what I assumed was the truth, capital T. Um, but didn't think about it afterwards until uh, this script last year came across my computer and Halfway through the pilot episode, I, I, I was just fascinated by how many more questions I had than I even thought were possible. Yeah, you know, on the surface, she kind of appears to be like the ultimate bad girlfriend. But yeah, I'm very anxious to see the show. Um, well, well, let me yeah. hit you with this. Uh, uh, Kelly, many are familiar with your character, Dollar Bill, on the Showtime series Billions, which of which I've seen every episode. This is freaking great. Uh, I don't know if you're into the method thing, playing your character as he's, as he's a super aggressive you know, hedge fund manager kind of guy. At the end of the workday, does it take you a few hours to successfully turn back into a member of the human community? Not many more people. <laughs> Are, are, des- are despised more let's put it that way than, than those guys 
Oh, that's the best. Uh, that is the best phrasing of this type of question I think I've ever, I've ever received. Thank you. Um, it doesn't really. Uh, the, the writing is so specific. Um, I, I'm not a method actor per se. Um, I don't have to live in the character for 24 hours or 24 days or months or what, however long um, a, a production uh, might be. I, I that, that's just not the way I work. So it, it's. Um, I was doing Pastor Tim on the Americans and Billion and Dollar Bill on Billions for two seasons at the same time. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'd have to have a van take me from one set to the other, and you could not find two more polar opposite people. Pastor Tim was a sweet, uh, caring, uh, gentle human being, and those are words you would never use with Dollar Bill. So the ability—it it, was—it was important that you could shift from one to the other, even in, within a, a four-hour stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the writing is so specific that I think it gives you the pathway in. All right. Um, All right. You can leave those things behind. And also, my wife has always told me, if you ever bring an ounce of dollar bill home, you're out. So there's, yeah. you know, I, I'm incentivized to not bring that a-hole home. I, your wife's on the money. All right. Uh, well, yeah. but, but, I call him an a-hole, but, I, but also, I, I think it's a great character. I think the fact that he's so uh, <laughs> over the top with his... Uh, that, his worldview and aggressiveness actually makes it fun. It's fun to misbehave, uh, you know. All right. Go ahead. Well, you know, you had a cameo on on Super Pumped, uh, the battle for Uber as Jeff Bezos. Uh, he, he's a pretty image conscious guy, a control freak, basically. Did, did his people send you background or lobby how to play him? No, it was. Um, I don't think they would have necessarily. Maybe, maybe they would have. If uh, I don't even know if they knew I was playing him. Um, and it's just a cameo, right? There was a there was a semi-famous uh, speech that he gave, that Bezos gave, talking about the principles of founding Amazon, and um, and the character on Super Pumped is watching a tape of it on YouTube, um, and it's so it only lasts about maybe two minutes. Okay. Um, I did do a lot of research on Bezos's laugh because I was told that he has a very the script said he gives that laugh. Like that laugh? What does that mean? I, w- I wasn't aware that he had a distinctive laugh. Right. And I went to, I Googled it, and apparently and there was a video that was like 10 minutes long. It's like Jeff Bezos' laugh. <laughs> so it felt important to try to honor the, uh, the uh, to honor that laugh and do that as close to the, uh, close to right as I could. All right. Say, Spud, what? Yeah, well, I was wondering if I could borrow your toenail clipper. Uh, not, not not your own toenail clipper, but your dog's toenail clipper. Uh, you said uh, how easy it is to trim your pet's toenails, and our dog Sherman is in need of a toenail trim. Just a sec, Kelly. You ask me during an interview? Uh, c- couldn't it wait until after the show? Uh, you do, or you're starting to do this more and more. I, I'm sorry, I, I've been meaning to ask you for the last couple weeks, but I keep forgetting, and I just remembered it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I should have waited until we were off the air, but um, but again, can I borrow the toenail clippers? Oh, Gerald, must you always be so disruptive on this show? It's not about you or Sherman. Personal issues can be dealt with off the air. No, I, I know, I know, but Sherman is really scratching up our hardwood floors. I, I know we could take him to a pet groomer, but gosh, they are really pricey. Yeah, fine, okay, I'll bring them in tomorrow. Now let me finish this up. Okay, I'm back. 
Well, let me hit you with this. Uh, you grew up in Oregon, uh, in addition to Washington, D.C., the son of a U.S. congressman. In the days uh, yeah. before politicians tried to overthrow an election and say the press was the enemy sure. of the people. So sure. what, what was it like for you as a kid back then? Were you a Portland Trailblazers fan or a Washington Bullets fan? You mean back in the days of the functioning democracy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I was both. Uh, Blazers have always been my number one. But when I got back there... Um, I, I, you know, one of the ways my dad and I connected, and one of the ways he kept me connected to Oregon was through basketball. Um, and I was 10 years old when the Blazers won the championship. We'd been in DC for a year, and it was kind of like Oregon. You know, the Blazers were reaching out across the country and saying, "Hey, kid, it's going to be okay." And then the very next year, my adopted East Coast team, the Bullets, won the championship. Although yeah. they, they never would have if Bill Walton hadn't gone down. But yeah. think of that. As an 11-year-old, I'm like, my two favorite teams win championships back-to-back. And it's like, oh, th- so this is how it happens, right? This is how it works. You have a team that you like, and they win championships. Great. This is going to be a fun sports life. Yeah, well, let, excuse me. I have to interrupt there. Yeah. I have to interrupt. Yeah, I, I, we we did get a do-over the following year, and the Sonics did take it. So I just want to yeah, – we, <laughs> we, we correct You're it. right. Yeah, all right. How cool was that, though? How cool was that that, that two teams met back-to-back, that the same two teams met uh, in back-to-back years? That was that, Has that happened since? Probably has. Uh, they the, owe the Lakers and Celtics, yeah. Yeah, and Cavaliers and, uh, and, the, and the Warriors, I believe. Oh, yeah, okay, so it's happened a lot. But anyway, it was cool. Yeah. And I do remember, although I'll say, when we won that first year in 78, we did win it on your home court. I'm just going to... Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, well, let me hit you. I wanted to ask you this. You had a role on yeah. the Netflix series House of Cards. This is kind of related, which depicted a very nasty version, or should I say maybe a realistic version of, of the Washington, D.C. political environment. For, from what you picked up as a kid, did you ever suggest any storylines to the producers? Because you must have had a ton of stories you, you knew or overheard while you know, while playing or, or doing something around the house or something or, or around shopping. No. Yeah, no, I did not. I mean, I wasn't in it. I, I came in season three. Uh, it was a big break show for me. Um, I, I, if I had been a Politico, I think my character, I was like, I, I grew up with a congressman father. Um, but I was playing, I was one of the very few characters portrayed that wasn't based out of D.C. I was from Ohio, from Columbus or something. And I came and I was uh, helping my brother, Gary Stamper. Um so I wasn't really in a position to suggest storylines uh, in that way. All right. Um, but I would have liked to have. I, there's nothing, nothing that I experienced or my dad at least admits he experienced uh, that that resembled anything I saw on that show. Yeah. We didn't spend a lot of time pushing people on, uh, on the right. subway track. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's possible it could not. Anyway, all right. I know you got a scoop. So. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let me say again, you have a new series on Hulu out titled The Girl from Plainville, so people need to go check it out. So thank you so much for coming on our show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. There you have it, Mr. Kelly Acoin. My, how time flies. I guess Trevor is saying we have a caller holding who knows about this astral traveling thing. I'd rather not have him mess it up for me before I take my first trip with Dorothy. He could put out some misinformation that might scare me and I don't want that right now. I mean I know nothing is risk free in life, but I'd rather not create any more stress on my part with this, if that's okay. So, don't take this call. That is messed up, yo! 
chance. You promote yourself as the most important person on this program, and now you expect me to look out for your well-being? Uh, I think not. The most popular, but yeah, I guess that would make me the most important, too. Oh, honey, I will not let the caller create alarm about this totally safe practice. It's about as dangerous as taking a shower or a bath. But, and Dorothy, do you know how many people have died getting in and out of the bathtub? I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the real danger to this astral flying is not to the physical body, but to the souls of the misguided who dabble in this evil activity. Um, um, you suck! If God had wanted us to fly through the air, he would have given us wings, or, or some kind of appendage to travel around the world like uh, geese. So, can I tell Trevor to dump the collar? I'd really appreciate it. No, Trevor, if you can hear me in the control room, put that damn collar through. Okay. Hey, hey, man, you're on the air? Who Are, are you there? Yeah, yeah, right now, now? Yeah, oh, okay. you're on the air. Cool, cool. All right, man, so, hey, I wanted to say that I am an experienced astral traveler, and number one... There's nothing to fear, as it's not a dangerous activity at all. Okay, all right, all right. Well, and and then to the guy who said this has anything to do with the occult, well, he's just crazy. Good call, yo. Yeah, well, we do agree on that point, caller. Uh, So so what makes you an expert on this astral traveling thing? Well, you see, you know, I've been doing this for years. Uh, First, I was on my own because I found a book about it in the library, and then... Later, I worked uh, for really over 10 years at a small company that specialized in the paranormal, okay. right. and I trained people how to do it. Okay, all right. You know, that, yeah, the, the company did really well, though, until the owner started hitting on some of the clients, and then the women posted stuff on Facebook okay. you know, right. about how yeah. big of a let that guy was. You know, pretty much put us out of business, okay. like, bam. Yeah, we were history. All right. Caller, I, I certainly hope you're not connecting the disgusting behavior of your old boss to the beauty of astral travel, the listeners need to know it is an age-old practice that dates back to ancient Egypt. Well, absolutely not. You know, as I said, I am pro-astral travel. If I wasn't on the phone with you, I'd probably be taking another excursion somewhere right now. Okay. I I called in to try to set the record straight, but I wanted to set the record straight. Yeah, uh, you know, so many people are mistaken and lump it into some dark and well satanic type thing like like that guy on your show. Caller, if this practice, as you believers call it, is nothing to be concerned about, how come it's not more out in the open in society? You would think everyone would be traveling all around the globe. Like, no one would ever go to work. They would just flit around everywhere like that Jeff Bezos. You know, I was curious about something, though. Do you people need one of those Ouija boards to take off into the air? You know, like, you don't just snap your fingers and suddenly you're in Helsinki or Madrid, right? No, we don't use Ouija boards. I don't know where you got that one, man. Um, We use the mind to access travel. It's actually quite simple. So someone would have to have, like, a sound mind to get flight clearance? (laughs) You know, I'm just saying that would preclude uh, a ton of people from trying this for sure. So it's kind of a selective thing. Not not everybody can do this, right? Well, you know, not so much a a sound mind. I mean, that would be subjective, right? Right, right. 
Yeah, so more like a willing mind that is open to taking a leap of faith. You know, um, you got to expand your consciousness and, and open up the pathway to unlimited possibilities. Well, I know from church teachings that this gobbledygook sounds, it, it, it's like it sounds, and it was handwritten by the devil. And, of course, he is listening to our conversation right now with great glee, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope you're all happy about making Lucifer's day. Good job. You all should be ashamed of yourself. And what about the little ones who are listening out there who might very well take dangerous trips to playgrounds around the world where they would be, you know, there'd be like little or no adult supervision? When my daughter Kelsey was five, she broke her collarbone on the monkey bars at a playground and when her mother got distracted by something and she wasn't ready for her dismount. Playgrounds are very dangerous. You can't prevent everything. I used to hang out at playgrounds all day long growing up, and I survived. Not not much more than a few scrapes on the knee. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have an opinion on playgrounds, but, but um, I hope I made my point that there is nothing to fear about astral travel. Yeah, okay. You know, it's a total blast. But I got to tell you, it really is a total blast. And I can't imagine life without it. I mean, how boring things would be, at least yeah, okay. know, for me. All right, then. But, caller, I agree that the public needs to be educated about the wonders of this. But I really do hesitate to advocate it for all, as it might not be appropriate for some. Like, well, say Gerald here. I can't imagine it would be fun for him. Hell will freeze over. Yo, Mrs. Jarvis, no need to worry about some malfunction or accident flying involving me, as I would never play the devil's evil games myself. Yeah, all right, man. Whatever. You, you are nuts. Uh, I gotta go. As I have some hot pockets in the microwave that are done. So, yeah. hey, thanks for taking my call, man. Bye. No. Um, hey, is he, is he still there? Uh, as the host, I would have liked to have been asked by him and or my people on the board uh, to, to ask me if I was ready to end the call. Uh, you know, I, I had a, a couple more questions, to be honest with you guys. Uh, and Dorothy, after the show, you know, we could discuss this further. I don't feel like I uh, there's a whole lot of things I need wrapped up. OK, now this this guy just got me put some more thoughts into my head. Uh, anyway, I'm very interested in giving it a shot. Mm, sure, but not after the show. This is date night for Chance and I. We're going for frozen yogurt, don't you know? Maybe on the weekends, bud. Well, I am really looking forward to our date night and getting frozen yogurt, Doris. So it would be best that you talk to Spud some other time. Fine, okay. I'll, whatever. I'll, I'll call you Sunday morning, Aunt Dorothy, and we can finish this, all right? Okay. I have to close the show now, so. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. I just know that God will be watching every move you guys make with this, this body-flying ritual you seem so interested in, and just don't ask for divine intervention should any problems occur on your trips. You are on your own. You've been warned. Will you Who shut up, man? Listen? Copyright 2022 Spud Goodman Productions.